All right, serious question, all right? Your team wins the Super Bowl. Why don't you just start the show with the We Are the Champions um, chorus instead of We Will Rock You into We We Are the Champions? Because by the time we hear We Are the Champions (laughs) in this song, we're two and a half minutes in. So You're exactly right. We didn't have We Are the Champions alone in our library. I could have played it directly from YouTube. That's what I was uh, expecting. And I had it ready. And I was like, man, this lead-up to We Are the Champions is a little slower, too. So I just I felt like, hey, let's let's meet in the middle here. Keep this in the background. And when the We Are the Champions song gets ready to hit the chorus, we will then cue it up for you so you can have the opportunity to, um, to, to to show off a little bit. Your team won the Super Bowl. It's a big deal. So you and Rams fans like Ray and everybody else that calls into the show, you should have that opportunity. And, um, you know, the late, great Freddie Mercury sung it best with um, We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions. It's an album cut, so that's why you hear one with the other. That's the way they always were played on the radio. One kind of led into the other one. And as we all know, We Are the Champions starts off a little slow right now because as you can hear it in the background, it um, it builds. And then, you know, we'll get the part where um, we get the chorus uh, hitting pretty well with um, with Queen. And that's that's the way it should be for you today, Adrian, after a big win like yesterday. Oh, man, Steve. I'm very thrilled. To, uh, thrilled to say is uh, is it. Here it is, Adrian. Don't miss it. All right, that's it. And by the way, this is the advantage to being 24, 25 years older than my partner. I know the song well enough to know when it hits, and uh, I could sense it was coming, so we were able to give you a little bit of that. So, Rams fans, congratulations. By the way, Stretch915 listening into the show. Congratulations to you and your brother, and you're right. They set up my furniture a few years back in the house. Huge Rams fans. They got a shout-out then. They'll get a shout-out now. Rick and Fred, way to go, guys, and enjoy the win. That's what it's all about for all you Rams fans out there. And I'll say this, Bengals fans, hey, nothing to complain about. It was a heck of a game. Great defensive battle. The Bengals had as much of a chance to win as the Rams did. In fact, I thought the Bengals really were going to put things away late, but they couldn't get it done as the offensive line just couldn't uh, contain Donald and the Rams D, who finally broke through after that first half. And you know what, Adrian? Uh, Again, we always say a good defense beats a good offense, but yesterday the Bengals had a good defense. It's just that the Rams had a better defense, and that's what it comes down to. Um, I did not like the way the officials handled the football game. You let everybody play all the way up until the last drive, and then on the last three plays of the Rams drive, you start throwing flags like you've been throwing them all game. That makes me crazy. So obviously, um, you know, wasn't happy about that, but... That's also consistent with how I've been with the NFL officiating all season. I thought it stinks. I didn't like it in the playoffs. Didn't like it yesterday. Didn't like it during the regular season. Something has to be done with NFL officiating because it is just so inconsistent. 
And that's what drives you nuts. Yeah, the face mask penalty uh, that should have been called on T. Higgins. Sure. For the for the that led to a touchdown. The you know the other one that led to a touchdown for the Rams, the Logan Wilson uh, hold on Cooper Cup. I thought that was very soft on that play. As Not well. to mention they jumped. If you watch the snap count, Everybody. the Rams move before the ball gets snapped. So you could have called off a you could have called off sides on that play because they jumped first. So yeah. like I said. Too many things with the officials that drive you crazy. But you know what? Listen, um, the Higgins play 100% right. Bengals had their chances. They had their chances. And when the Rams defense started coming through on Burrow, they they abandoned the run. I mean, if you ever want to try to get the defense off of Joe Burrow, run the football like they had. They were successful with Mixon. They couldn't get it done. By the way, a lot of you were complaining about Donald not getting the MVP. Listen, you could have made a case for co-MVPs, but the fact is this. As great a game as Donald played, most dominating player on the field, no doubt about it. Cooper Cup won in the Super Bowl. On that last drive, I know Stafford threw the ball, but you know what? Cup got the first down on fourth. Cup caught all the big passes. He caught the game winner, caught the touchdown before the flag took it away. I mean, Cooper Cup was your, your guy. So the truth is, is that MVP, the guy that wins the game, should win it. So. I didn't have a problem with Cooper Cup, even if Aaron Donald was the best player on the field yesterday. Well, I'll go the other way, Steve, because I feel like if you gave the the ball to the Bengals with just a minute left in the game and you had Joe Burrow on the other side who's shown you all year that he can put together these late-game comebacks without Aaron Donald on that field, I think since he scores. I really do, because they had that pass to Tyler Boyd right down the middle, got it like no no one's business. They got it to Jamar Chase, and as soon as the defensive line started uh, really clamping down. They stopped him on that third and one run play. I didn't like the call, but I loved Aaron Donald's play. And then they stopped him on fourth down. That was all the pressure for AD. No doubt MVP. You 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 have it right there. If he had that last sack, if it was recorded as a sack, three sacks to finish the game for AD, I think it's no doubt about it that he wins the MVP. Cooper Cup, great game, but he was also a little, you know, he disappeared in the second and third quarter. Made the biggest catch of the game, but uh, you could argue that Aaron Donald made the biggest play. He won him the football game on the last drive. If Cooper Cup wasn't on the field, they're not winning that game. They're not even coming close because they already lost to Odell Beckham. They had nobody else to throw the football to. Who are you going to throw the ball to? You got to throw it to number 10. He's your guy. He's your guy. Again, give them, give them both MVPs, co-MVPs. You know what? Cup was valuable on offense. Donald was valuable on defense. You wouldn't have one without the other. Why not give them co-MVPs? That's been done before. Precedent's been set. You could have done that as well. I just feel like if you gave the MVP to Von Miller just a you know a couple years ago when he won it with uh, with Denver, why wouldn't you give it after a performance like we saw with Aaron Donald? I mean, Cooper Cup, yeah, he had the two touchdowns, but he had 92 yards. He was held under than what was expected for Cooper Cup, and I all, I just think the way that Donald was able to dominate that defensive line in the whole second half, the Rams defense came mm-hmm. out the whole second half and shut down the Bengals in a big way. All right, we're gonna take some phone calls. By the way. Chris Vanini is going to join us. We scheduled Chris over the weekend before the game was even played. So Chris covers college hoops and wrestling for the athletics. So I want to get Chris on to talk about uh, what's going on with Conference USA because he's been on it. And I want to find out with three schools supposedly trying to leave early and the league fighting over that and going to the lawsuits, what he thinks will happen. So we'll get Vanini on. We'll take plenty of your phone calls today. Miners played yesterday. That is a show in itself. We could spend three hours on that because we didn't even have minor talk yesterday. But, Adrian, we got to squeeze it all in. And um, in our 5 o'clock hour, we've got Andrew and Caesar from the UTEP Pep Band. Andrew's the director. Caesar is the guy that screams uh, during uh, Jump Around.
Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm so fired up about having them here in studio to talk about their impact in terms of the crowd noise. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm you know going back real quick to yesterday. It's a disappointing loss against Marshall, who was the worst team in Conference USA's East Division. The coaching staff, the players, they all credited Marshall for being a better team yesterday. Uh, and the Miners have to regroup. The biggest storyline from yesterday, they have to regroup ahead of the three game road stretch against La Tech, Southern Miss, and Middle Tennessee this weekend. I agree with you 100. percent By the way, do you think I can get two calls? in in four minutes if one of them is Ray? Yes, I think so. We're you just really? have to put him on a time limit. All right, I know. He's not good on a time limit. You think he can handle uh, two, two and a half minutes? Yes, yes he can. Let's find out. He's first up today. Congratulations, Ray. Lead us off here on a Monday. Hey, guys. Well, I'm sorry. My voice is hoarse right now, but you know why? It's a great day to be from L.A. It's a great day to be in L.A. We can finally say our Los Angeles Rams are Super Bowl champions. We've been waiting forever to be able to say that since Super Bowl 14 against the Steelers. You know, yesterday was a, it was a fantastic game. You know, we, you could flip a coin, Steve, to go and Adrian to go MVP. I mean, you couldn't win that game without either one of them. And whoever argues for either guy, you've got, you know, a slew of, 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 of a bounty with you to be able to hold up that argument. But you're not, we're not winning that game on offense without Cooper Cup, and we're not winning that game on defense without Aaron Donald. You know, Jalen Ramsey got beat again. He gets beat on that last drive. If Aaron Donald doesn't pull back the running back with one arm on the lineman and one arm on the running back, you know, they get the first down. If he doesn't sack, and it is a sack, Adrian, I really do believe that should be caught as a sack. But if we don't sack Burrow on the last play of the game, they're in field goal range. You know McPherson was just chipping at the butt, you know, to be able to get out there. You know, you know that guy doesn't miss. He hasn't missed all postseason. He, I knew he was going to make it if he got his opportunity. So, you know, you can flip your coin either way. But think about this as defense. The Rams didn't, I mean, sorry, the Bengals did not get more than 50 yards after that third, uh, third down sack by Aaron Donald, which forced them to kick that field goal after the pick. And that's where the game, I think, really turned because the Bengals had an opportunity to go up two scores. That would have really put the pressure on. But when you look at the toughness of both Burrow and uh, Stafford, both one getting his knee twisted underneath him, Stafford getting his ankle twisted underneath him, and both finishing that game, you know, just being able to come out Stafford and say, let's go get this last drive. When you had Cooper Cup in there, like you said, Steve, there was nobody else. And as they said all day long, everybody in the building and everybody watching that game knew where the ball was going. Everybody on the Bengals knew where that ball was going, and somehow they were still able to get it. As you look at those yards, Andrew, to me, those yards disappeared at one point when they lost Odell Beckham, and they had to figure out how to get that offense going again. They had to go in at, all, at halftime and try to figure it out. They tried to get the running game going. There was nothing there. That's what frustrated me as a Rams fan, you know, with day all day long. But then you had to figure out a way to go and get that offense moving again. And, you know, he never used the short game just to be able to use that as a running game. Just get some, you know, some check down passes, hit out in the flat. You know, that would have been just as well. But Odell going down, and I believe my call on Friday, I believe Odell was on his way to being MVP the way he was handling the ball, just those two catches that he had because it took so much off of the offense where they go ahead and pressure up uh, Stafford up the middle, but then you got to double and triple team Cooper Cup. And you look at the end, just close this off. I know you guys only gave me a couple of minutes, but and I'll come back again tomorrow. But I just want to say today is a great day to be a Rams fan. It's a great day to be L.A. It's a great day to be able to say our Los Angeles Rams are champions and know this. L.A. is a city of champions. Mookie Betts, first season in L.A., Dodgers win the World Series. Anthony Davis, first season in L.A., Lakers win the NBA championship. Matthew Stafford, first season in L.A., Rams are Super Bowl champions. 
It's a great day to be a Rams fan, a great day to be an L.A. sports fan. Good job, Ray. You took the entire four minutes that I asked, and I didn't even get a word in edgewise, so nicely done. Whenever you're ready to host this show when I'm on vacation, I'm calling you, all right? I'm ready, Steve. I'm ready. You call so, me anytime. I know it. I can tell. That man can fill up a segment. There's no doubt about that. Good job, Ray. Appreciate the call. We'll hear from you again tomorrow. Let's get Orly in, see how long he takes. He's joining us next, 15 past here as we get ready to have Chris Vanini on next. What's going on, Orly? You know, congratulations to the Rams. MVP should have been the coaching staff for Cincinnati getting conservative in the end of the in second half. Mm-hmm. You get a pick. You just scored on a 75-yard bomb. You get a pick, and I agree with Ray. That was a turning point when you held them to a field goal because they went instead Most coaches will go for the killer shot right after an interception. They didn't. Um, but my hat's off to the Rams. They won. I mean, NFC West was the best. There's no doubt about it. And uh, it's going to be that way for a couple of years. I think, it's, I think the Super Bowl is going to go through the West to get to the championship. You're going to have... The Rams and the 49ers are going to be some epic battles down the road. and uh, But my hat's off to the Rams. Um, and I'm glad for Matthew Stafford because I thought, you know, he's a class act. Really is a class act. He was stuck behind a bad ownership in the forts. Just like they can't build a car, they can't build a team at Detroit. Um, as far as UTEP, oh, that's frustrating. Uh, there's no words. How do you not? Uh, I mean, you lose to one of the worst teams in Conference USA. They weren't. I mean, it's just like they weren't playing. They're going through the motions. And I admire that Golden came out and said, hey, it's on him. Yeah. They weren't ready. And you let a team come into your house, somewhat 2,000 miles away, and beat you? There's no excuse for that. Um, Boy, they've got a tough stretch here. They may get one at Southern Miss, but the other two are going to be tough to do. 100% agree with you, Orly. Appreciate the phone call. We'll talk more about the Miners here coming up on the show. I promise you that. As well as Super Bowl 56. But up next, Chris Vanini will lead us off live right after Charlie won. And this traffic update, 17 past, with you on a Monday. 21 pass as we continue uh, here on Sports Talk. We'll get back to your phone calls in just a little bit and talk more about uh, the game last night, uh, the games, I should say, both Super Bowl 56 and then the Miners lost to Marshall. But first, want to jump uh, out to, to our telephone lines and welcome in our first of three big guests or four big guests on the program right now. He is Chris Vanini, National College Football Reporter for The Athletic. And uh, if you follow uh, Chris on Twitter, at Chris Vanini, not only will you get to see his great stuff, but you'll sometimes get a chance to uh, see uh, a tweet or two about professional wrestling. Right, Chris? <laughs> that is right. I am an avid uh, follower of uh, WWE and other pro wrestling and uh, do a podcast on it, too. So I uh, tweeted out uh, earlier this morning a happy Valentine's Day tweet, and I grabbed a photo that's about five years old of uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine putting me in a in a uh, hammerlock, which I still think is my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite Valentine's tweet uh, that I've thrown out there in a while. <laughs> that's pretty good. That, that's definitely a good one. Uh, 
points for that. That's pretty cool. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, we might get a little wrestling at the end of this conversation with you, Chris. But first, let's talk a little uh, college uh, sports because you're following the situation involving Conference USA and the Sun Belt, especially the latest uh, with Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss. This is interesting because a couple of, I guess, like, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, CUSC sent out this real cryptic tweet about, uh, you know, being committed to schools, uh, keeping the conference together, and we couldn't really find anything at all that was suggesting otherwise, but then we found out that um, around the same time as that tweet was first issued by CUSA, Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss were talking about leaving early, and that seems to be the drama that we're having right now. They won out by the summer, even though contractually they're supposed to stay uh, another year. So as you've kind of been able to dive into this one, how do you see it unfolding, Chris? Yeah, I mean, this has been known for quite a while. I mean, I, I think the school said they officially told the conference in December, but, but it, it's been known for a while that the schools wanted to get out early and jump into the Sun Belt and, and start right away. Uh, and Conference USA has basically tried to say, no, you can't. You, you have contractual obligations. And, and the, the schools that are leaving, the cost for them leaving, the buyout, so to speak, is just forfeiting the next two years of Conference media rights, basically. Yeah. And so they're thinking, okay, we're not getting it anyway. We might as well go. But Conference USA is trying to make the point, that's not the only value you provide. You, you, you know, we are contractually obligated to our TV partners to have X number of games on and, and, and all these other kinds of things. So Conference USA is trying to say, no, you can't because, you, you know, in the bylaws you have to go it, it, two years. So now they've been trying to hash it out. It's been reported few times that it's happening and they're leaving for the Sun Belt. It is, I, I kept being told it's not done yet. They have to get out from Conference USA first. And that was always going to be tricky. And now, as they announced on Friday, they, the school said Conference USA is not even sitting down to even have that conversation. So, it, it, As opposed to paying some extra buyout or something like that. So now the schools are basically fed up and said, alright, we're leaving. That's it. But Conference USA is like, no you're not. So that's where we're at, and the lawyers are going to start to battle it out here. Here's, to me, what's even crazier is, and you put this in one of your tweets, was as CUSA was uh, getting the, I guess, the word from the three schools that they were all committed to leaving in June, they then put out the fall 2022 schedule, which involves all 14 schools instead of 11, which makes things really uh, sticky considering the circumstances. Yeah, they sent it out to the schools on Friday. It has not been announced publicly yet. There, Some people think, you know, that the league was going to announce it today. They obviously didn't. They may or may not go public with it moving forward. But, yeah, Conference USA sent that out to them. There's, there's a, a legal part to that because you know, some believe Conference USA might try to say, hey, you know, we have our schedule set and now you're leaving. That's damages. And the schools will say no because blah blah blah. And that's where you know that's where the lawyers are going to have to battle it out in terms of potential damages and, and whatnot in terms of where they're leaving. And so by leave by announcing their departure, they're hoping to speed up and start that conversation that hasn't been had. 
Chris, when you compare just Conference USA as a whole to other conferences that are also ha- handling exits and you know le- league members uh, leaving for another conference, what are the biggest issues that you see out of Conference USA in, the, in just terms of handling this? Well, it, it's, it's also different because the conference because the teams are leaving one year, and, and that, that's not happening anywhere else. All the other FBS conference moves, you know, Texas and Oklahoma – Technically, they said, "Hey, we're not leaving until 2025 or something like that," and and so it's still a few years away. So there's not that animosity yet, and you know there was at the beginning when Texas and Oklahoma made their news, and Big Twelve got blindsided, and you know things are awkward. But for the time being, they're not trying to jump out after one year because there's a lot more money involved. You know, the lower you get on the totem pole, the less money there is, the more likely you're move quicker. We've seen a couple non-football conferences, leaving football conferences with James Madison, announce they're going to a new league and the conference that they're in says, all right, but for our bylaws, you can't play in the conference championship games for basketball, for baseball, or, or, or whatever these things. And so we've seen that the America East did that to Stony Brook. Uh, the Horizon did that to UIC. CAA did that to James Madison. Conference USA does not have such a bylaw but you're seeing some animosity at some of these lower levels where you're more likely to move quicker because there's just less money involved. Chris Vanini with us here on Sports Talk, who covers uh, college football for The Athletic. We're talking about Conference USA. Chris, uh, I look at CUSA as a league that just unfortunately gets no respect, and a lot of the times it's because they put it on themselves. I mean, the way they've handled things, not just this, but other situations, um, it's just it's never been good. It's never really uh, given anybody any feeling that it's a good, strong uh, mid-major or group of five. And obviously the way uh, these three schools are, are acting just kind of tells me that they feel they could do whatever they want. They're not worried about CUSA, and they, and they pretty much have zero respect for the league in general. It, it, it's been a rough period of time for the league. The TV deal is not good. The geography is not good. It doesn't have the big fan bases as you know the American does, and it hasn't uh, had a lot of success in football either. You know, uh, I, I think, I think every, you know, the Sunbelt are the only two that have not reached a New Year's Six Bowl yet. But Carolina was a top 10 team. Louisiana has been a top 15 team. Like they've had good teams. Conference USA just has not had anybody emerge to carry the banner for the league either. So if you, you combine that all together, the league's in a tough spot either way. You understand why certain schools want to want to what they do, and Conference USA is in a really tough spot where they have to scramble and gather whoever they can just for the sake of survival. I don't think anybody wants or wanted the league to go away, but it's kind of you know the cutthroat business that college sports is now. I'm with you on that one. We're going to come back, continue our conversation with Chris Vanini in a moment. But first, here's Adrian. He's got a bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Nicely done. Chris Vanini with us right now. We're talking a little CUSA uh, conference uh, uh, lawsuits, legal actions, realignment, anything you mention, it's it's with us right now. And uh, Chris has a really good story from a couple of days ago up at The Athletic. In fact, if you are not subscribing to TheAthletic.com, you need to. You could check this one out regarding Sunbelt-bound Marshall Old Dominion Southern Miss announcing plans to leave CUSA 
on June the 30th. Now, you mentioned something really interesting a moment ago, and that's the TV deal. It's a weird, weird TV deal. Like, you've got CBS Sports, Stadium, Facebook, and um, uh, ESPN involved, and, you know, when you're when you're dealing with such little money coming to the conferences, why not just put all your be- eggs in the ESPN, put everything on the plus with the occasional ESPN or ESPN2 or U game when it's available, and just go completely in one platform? Why suddenly mix everything up? And I mean, I'll tell you right now, with UTEP, it's been weird, Chris. We had almost every football game on the plus. This year, CUSA TV has put almost every UTEP basketball game on, and fans who were so used to starting to watch ESPN plus for UTEP can't get them in unless it's a handful of games. So it's just strange how they're in so many different directions with their TV deal. Yeah, it was a very different world six or so years ago when that happened and Congress tried to take a different path, a way they thought would get them more money. It didn't anyway, but, you know, the American has everything in ESPN. The Sun Belt has everything in ESPN. The Mac has everything in ESPN. The Mountain West actually has nothing in ESPN. So they, we've seen the group of five leagues take different approaches. But I think what we've seen, one of the first things mentioned by those three departing schools, when they left for the Sun Belt, one of the first things that they all said was, it's going to be easy to find our games. You don't have to explain it to people anymore. It's, it's on the ESPN family of networks. Go to ESPN.com. You'll find it somewhere. It's on Plus. It's on TV. Right. Something. It's, it's all there and i imagine that's what conference usa is going to want to fix with its next tv deal i think negotiations actually start this year this spring or something like that and talking to people in the league back last summer visibility was such a key part of it for everybody um the, the money at this point is so small anyway that something else might not make that big of a difference in your budget so I, I don't know what, what way they're going to go, whatnot. Obviously, having CBS Sports Network is nice. Having linear TV is still important. Um, but I, I think visibility is probably going to be an important thing for the league in that next TV deal. I hope so. Uh, meanwhile, Liberty, New Mexico State, Jacksonville State, and Sam Houston are all coming in uh, on in July of 2023. So, uh, again, if, in fact, they go to 11, Instead of 14, and let's just say the three schools that want out get out, um, how do you handle football scheduling in the conference? Because it is going to be a little strange and a little tricky in that, uh, in that matter. Uh, there's a chance you go without divisions. I mean, the American for the last couple of years has had 11 teams and no divisions. Uh, because when you have an odd number of teams, you're either not going to play the same number of conference games or whatnot, depending on where you are in divisions, or you just don't do divisions. Um, geography is an important part either way for what Congress USA does. So that's uh, a possibility, but there are, you know, schedules really out by now. Sunbelt's coming out in uh, March 1st, and they, they don't yet know how many teams they'll have. They could have 11 too. So there are a lot contingencies a lot of different possibilities being worked on chris uh, what did you gather from the collective uh statements that all three schools sent out because i felt like they were all very similar in what they said uh, strategically sunbelt didn't uh didn't comment on this either what were your takeaways from the statements that we received from all the schools 
We lost him. It's some kind of uh, issue. That was good, Agent. You asked you asked a question that disconnected Chris Vanini. I like it. So we'll get him back. We'll hopefully uh, wrap up with that answer, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll keep things. Uh, we'll then conclude things here with Chris uh, as we continue on sports talk. It was a good question though, asking about the three schools. I like that. So make sure if you get him back, you prep him on the question that we probably missed, and then we'll uh, see if we can get an answer from Chris and bring him back on the program because I am kind of curious to get his take on that. All right. Uh, let's see if he had a chance to hear it. And uh, Chris, did you get a chance to hear Adrian's question before we lost you? I did not. I, it cut out right when he started. I missed the question. No worries, Chris. Just wondering on what you thought of the collective statements from all three of the schools, Southern Miss, Old Dominion, uh, after what we saw last week. Uh, it was, uh, you know, obviously they sent them out the same time. They were all nearly the same. You know, I was told some people in the league or, you know, some people involved in the Sun Belt had no idea it was coming. The Sun Belt is not involved in this for several reasons, one of them being legal reasons. <laughs> They're just waiting for those schools to break through from Conference USA, and when they do, they will bring them in. But that has not happened yet. The Sun Belt's not involved in what uh, this is going on. It surprised some people. Um, you know, I got a heads up it was, it was it was coming, and so you kind of get the sense that they are really, really mad at the way things are going, and they're going to get public about this. They're going to be blunt about this and uh, kind of try to move some of the heat down to conference USA for the way things are playing out. I'm with you on that one. Well, again, it'll be an interesting soap opera to keep an eye on. Plus, we do have four new schools coming in uh, in about a year and a half, which from a basketball standpoint makes things really interesting. Uh, by the way, as far as Liberty, New Mexico State, Jacksonville State, and Sam Houston go, uh, which school or schools are you most intrigued about from a football standpoint, Chris? I mean, I think it's got to be Liberty, which still has Hugh Freeze as head coach, and he's done a very, very good job there. And the 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 money they have there, the facilities, they, they've always been a pretty solid program. But since Hugh Freeze got there, they've been a very good program. And obviously having Malik Willis, a quarterback, is a big reason for that. Looks like Auburn's not making a coaching change. It looks like Hugh Freeze is going to be back again for next year. And I don't, I don't know if or when Freeze is going to get a bigger job, but he – remains at, at Liberty and continues to do a good job there. So Liberty, uh, with the way they've been in football and men's basketball, I think are, are certainly going to be somebody uh, could be at the top of Conference USA uh, when they join the league. Let's wrap it up with your other love, professional wrestling, specifically the WWE. WrestleMania in Dallas is right around the corner, about six weeks away. Are you going? And if not, um, what potential storylines are you most intrigued about heading into WrestleMania? I am going. Uh, my brother's coming into town. I live in Dallas, so I'm definitely going to the one that's uh, here. To be, this will be the second one I've gone to. You know, I, I'm I'm a little down on the card right now. I'm not enthralled with the idea of a Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns title versus title deal, but there's still a lot of card to work out. Uh, a lot of things that can still happen. I think that the main the main event matches are not as interesting, but I still think they could do they could still build a, a, a solid two night card with everything else. And you know, they typically they typically you know hit it right when it comes to Mania. So. I'm still certainly looking forward to it. Uh, do you believe that Brock will beat Bobby Lashley to get the belt back in time for Roman Reigns? I do. They've been they've been hinting at uh, champion versus champion for a while now, so I, I imagine they're going to follow through on it. Like I said, I don't think it's a good idea, but I, I, I think Brock's probably going to win on Saturday and get the 
the WWE Championship back. By the way, from a fan standpoint, since it's a two-day event, uh, what's your strategy? Do you try to get uh, floor seats and splurge with your brother coming to town, or do you just want to be in the uh, stadium knowing they got the largest HD TV on the planet? Yeah, we. I, I've never sat on the floor for any wrestling show outside of a outside of a small indie show. Um, we got we got seats. I think it's in the first or second level. Like if you're at the football game, so they're still pretty good seats. But when I went to to Mania New Orleans at the Superdome a couple of years ago, they were the 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 second from the top section. So we moved a lot closer. Got them the day they came out. Prices continue to look pretty high, so I think I made a good move doing that. Enjoy the show. We'll look forward to keep tabs with you on uh, on social media, especially on Twitter. And thanks for the time and uh, giving us uh, all the insight on CUSA and a little WWE to wrap it up. Yep, thanks for having me. He's Chris Vanini, folks, from The Athletic and theathletic.com as we continue here on Sports Talk. 20 in front of 5, Hillary Florence next with KVIA News. And then don't worry, we're going to give you a little UTEP band talk to begin our 5 o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that. Sports Talk continues right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, um, 11 in front of 5 as we continue here on Sports Talk. Don't forget, folks, uh, we're going to have Andrew and Caesar from the UTEP band here with us in our 5 o'clock hour. Um, looking forward to that conversation. You know, Adrian, I don't think we've ever had um, you any UTEP band member on the show in the 25 years or so I've been hosting Sports Talk. Really? Yes. So it took uh, Caesar screaming for this. Yes, for it did. To- it did. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Caesar screaming is something that has become a viral sensation around UTEP and around social media. So it's only obvious. It's only, you know, it makes sense for having him come on the show and talk about. But I want to do not just a screaming. I want to talk all about. I want to know about the man himself, what he, you know, his love for music, playing UTEP band, being in the fans and, and the crowd, what it's all about. That's the whole idea. They're like the de facto student section because the students don't show up. So that's one of the big things right there. It's true. You think we'll ever get the students to show up? Maybe. Maybe Uh, if they hear this segment coming up next. I hope so. Maybe they'll get fired up. Yes. They'll listen to Caesar and Andrew and they'll get fired up. That would be be awesome. Maybe they'll know how to fix the student uh, section problems too. Well, I'll ask them both, see what they have to say about that. I'm very curious. So you'll have them coming up in about 10 minutes from now here on a Valentine's Day edition of Sports Talk as we continue uh, here on the program. So last night's game, um, halftime show. Halftime show was fun, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, one of the best halftime shows I've seen. I loved. Uh, we need a little bit more Kendrick Lamar, in my opinion. Mm. But other than that, love Snoop Dogg, love Dre. Uh, no smoking. It was PG thirteen. Um, did you see the video of Snoop lighting up before he went on stage at halftime? Yes. <laughs> Which I'm like, if you're the guy who's taking a video of him like smoking before, it's hilarious. Like the fact that that got leaked and it just went viral on Twitter. It was very fitting for Snoop Dogg. Is it really surprising no. that Snoop uh, lit one up? Before uh, that halftime show, you would you almost expect it. I'd be I'd be more shocked if he didn't. Right, and there was a prop bet that you know it would any of those guests uh, smoke on stage, and, mm. I, and that hit a no. But you, you know, you saw yesterday behind the scenes. Yep. Yes, they were. They and, were. They were sparking up. And Eminem took a took a knee. Yes, Eminem took a knee. He uh, very controversial apparently because they saw they said that actually they weren't supposed to do. That's this. what I heard and, too. And he ended up doing it anyways. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, but 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 then I heard that the NFL knew he was going to do it, even though they told him not to. Wow. So, well, anyway. hey, everybody was very fired up about it. I felt like the social media loved uh, the halftime performance yep. yesterday, and yeah, it has to go down as as one of the greats uh, that you that you could see at at the halftime show. I don't know if it's the greatest of all time, but it's definitely in the conversation. I thought that was. It was a good moving show, lots of energy, a lot of fun, and uh, they did a great job.
Yeah, I won't say it's the greatest. I'll say it's in the top five, maybe. maybe. How much of that is all lip sync, and how much was that was actually being sung, you think? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like guys like Dre and, and Snoop, those guys probably didn't lip sync, but if you're talking about 50 Cent hanging, a bit a bigger 50 Cent hanging uh, yeah. when they panned over to him, I, I think that one may have been a little lip sync. Right well, there. I was thinking I was thinking Mary J. Blige was lip syncing, but then I saw her, and she was, she was talking, and, and you could see that it was live going on. So I was impressed with that. I liked that part about it oh i love the stage by the way the fact yeah. that they kept panning over to everything it really kept your attention i agree with you on that one and uh, by the way another thing um commercials they're always now involving somebody famous they're, the days of super bowl commercials with nobodies is like a it's like a thing of the past have you noticed that yeah actually uh, my fiance's sister said the same thing she was like a-list guys everywhere and it's true I everywhere mean, peyton manning was on like every commercial mm-hmm. uh, and then you had references left and right the millennials would be excited about scrubs references <laughs> soprano references you had everything you did you did but um the days of watching a really good spot and now having like the, the the probably the one commercial with nobody famous in it was the Kia commercial where you had the robot dog chasing the uh, the new electric car or the crypto one where you were scared that if you scan your code that you're going to get some kind of uh, virus on your phone or something there like that. There you go. That was uh, crypto made a made an appearance uh, during yeah. the Super Bowl, that's for sure. So a lot of things going on uh, during the game itself, and then of course the uh, the ending with the Rams uh, winning. Uh, I felt bad for Jeff Erickson. I saw the photo of him and his daughter, a uh, little uh, dejected. But you know what? Hey, they had a good time at the game, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I love the Joe Burrow jersey that he got, and also love that tweet that he said where somebody next to him left and, and just didn't come back or something like that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I liked it too. But he was, and I think he was also uh, questioning the decision to put Sammy P. Ryan in uh, on that big. Big third and one instead of having Joe Mixon is uh, still something that I didn't understand then and I still don't understand it now. Yeah, because Mixon had a really nice run earlier in that drive and he, he was the one who was giving them the most production on the ground. I don't understand why they went to anybody besides Mixon in that game. And the fact that they never gave, the, gave it to Mixon when they needed a yard and the game was on the line just blew me away. Blew I, I, me get, away. I get it. P. Ryan was the guy who helped them out in the championship, but not yesterday. Not at all. I'm with you on that one. All right, when we come back, Andrew and Caesar from UTEP Band, they're here with us in our Lubingo studios on a Valentine's Day edition of Sports Talk. We'll introduce them both next, right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, along with Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. This is a segment we've been working on for a while. Happy to make it happen today, since we have uh, with us Dr. Andrew Hunter, who uh, is uh, essentially the man that... uh, conducts the UTEP band uh, at every uh, basketball game and football games as well, right, Doc? All of it. Football games, some some good volleyball games this year, all those things. Good to see you. And you brought uh, one of your band members uh, with you as well, Cesar Garcia, who plays the trumpet and and does a lot more than that uh, during games as well. Cesar, thank you for being here today. Of course. Thank you for having us. You bet. Well, you know, and it's the truth. And, and Doc, I was telling this to to Cesar earlier. You know, we've been doing this show a long time. I think Cesar is the first legit UTEP band member I've ever had on Sports Talk. Well, we're glad that we're finally uh, fixing a lot of decades of wrong there, Steve. So yes. we're, we're, we're get, getting getting a good tradition here started. Caesar's one of our very best. We're glad to have him here. I'm impressed because it's his fifth year with yep. the UTEP band. That's that's awesome. Um, 
do you usually get a lot of band members that'll give you four or five years? Is that pretty much the norm? You know, when I came here, actually, our senior day in fall of 2018, we had four kids on the field for senior day. And this past year, we had 28. Wow, so, uh, that's it's, awesome. It's really turned around. We've, uh, I think, turned it into a super positive student-centered culture, a place where our students want to be. And most of the students who stick around and do it for four or five, <clears throat> six years, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're majoring in something that's not music. So this is kind of their outlet to come and do something different and get away from their normal coursework. What do you think the biggest difference is for students that attend the basketball games versus, or as, as band members versus the football games? Uh, I think we probably feel like we make a little bit bigger difference when it comes to uh, – when it comes to making noise without our instruments at basketball games, our kids are super into the game. Uh, they're some of the biggest UTEP basketball fans you'll find are the kids in the UTEP pep band. So they, uh, they make a big impact in the Don. How large is the pep band for basketball when you start looking at numbers? We split into two bands, an orange and blue band. Both of those bands are 29 to 30 students each, which is about the size of an NCAA tournament band. For the last couple of games this season, though, we're going to go full 55, 60 students. So we'll we'll crank it up to make sure the minors finish strong to Frisco. Have you ever done that before, though? Had like a a 60-piece band for basketball? Is that that a little unusual, or is that something that's kind of the norm from time to time? Uh, Norm is difficult. It all depends on, on the culture of the school, the culture of the basketball program. Uh, so the NCAA tournament, conference tournament, they limit it to 29 plus a director, but yeah. you can have that number of a basketball band all the way up to there are some schools with 100, 150. How, so, how difficult is it to keep a, a 60-piece band in sync like it is a 29-piece band? Uh, you know, if you've got a really great drummer and, uh, and and students who are really paying attention, it's really not that difficult. Our, our, our students are really well-trained. They do a great job. So they know, they know where to listen, where to watch, and uh, they do really well. Excellent. Caesar. Uh, for you, uh, again, I know a lot of people excited about this interview and looking forward to hearing from you, but uh, has music always been a passion ever since you really uh, got into it at a young age? Music uh, started back in elementary um, and also before, before I even started school, I have, uh, my mom has pictures of me like holding guitars and everything. And uh, in elementary, uh, I was in choir. And so that kind of expanded into middle school and middle school is where I started uh, to play the trumpet. Uh, with uh, Mr. Freddy Baez. Um, it's been a, a year since he passed away. And so um, that's where I started playing the trumpet, and I really enjoy playing the trumpet, and so I decided to move into, um, into high school, high school marching band, and that's like another passion I, I discovered. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I, even though I'm not a music major, I, I decided to go full out on, on my college years because it's something I enjoy. It's a, it's a passion that I, I discovered ever since. And I really enjoy making music and having fun with it. So what is your major? I'm an art major, a concentration in drawing. I actually started as a music major, but I decided, I think that wasn't the thing for me. Mm-hmm. But I kept it as a minor. So I, okay. I'm studying uh, commercial music as a minor. You enjoying uh, your art degree and uh, kind of everything that goes with it? Yeah, uh, it's pretty tough right now because I'm, I'm trying to finish on time. Um, I'm, I'm doubling uh, classes, uh, art classes, okay. so it's double the work. But I enjoy drawing as a because it's that's my my first passion and um, and well yeah. What's your goal? Is your goal to eventually uh, become a commercial artist? Do you want to make your own comic books? What would you like to do when it's all said and done? Well, one of my dreams is to work as an animator, mm-hmm. uh, either with Disney or Pixar or whatever. Awesome. Uh, where, wherever I can, I can go with this major. Um, as as long as I, I do what I love, that's that's where I, I want to go. Now, um, for you, although you play the trumpet, that really wasn't the first instrument you learned to play, was it? No, uh, actually, it was the drums. Uh, the drums. I actually just sat in a drum set and I started jamming all the way 
and that's where I, I saw how, like, the rhythm was in me. Yeah. And so I, I tried to discover, like, another instrument. And then I tried uh, playing clarinet and trombone, but I stuck to trumpet because of my mentor, uh, Freddy Valles. And for you, there was a drum set in the house to just uh, play around on as a kid? No, uh, I actually used my neighbor's uh, drum set. Um, he, he would allow me to to play on his drum on his that's drums cool. anywhere, 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 anytime that I wanted. And so uh, that's I kind of started playing uh, with my cousin. He played guitar. And so uh, we were jamming to all, all these bands like Metallica, Guns N' Roses. And that's where I discovered uh, like, how, that I was good for, for the drums. And so I kept that, I kept that going. Uh, also, I did some, some drumming during the, the pep band season. Uh, that's something I think Dr. Hunter didn't really enjoy or no, didn't really great, approve. Man. No, you were um, But in case there was no drummer there, I would be the, the replacement there. All right, Doc, it's it's nice to have fill-ins, isn't it? That when you know you need somebody to step in for you in a pinch, you've got somebody like Caesar ready to deliver. That's absolutely right. You know, Omicron and all those sort of things kind of caused holes all over the place in classes, and, and Pet Band was no exception. And so uh, when we needed to call on him, we're, Caesar is always dependable and does does just a great job for us anywhere we ask him to do it. How about as far as his ability to play the trumpet? How do you describe it? He's good, man. He's a good <laughs> trumpet player. Yeah, you know, he's. I, 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 I'm learning today that he started as a music major. I think it may have been before I got her. I don't know that I would have let you go, man. I, I wouldn't let you go to the other side of the Fox Fine Arts building. Yeah, he plays great. Uh, as far as your passion for UTEP sports, Caesar, what's it been like ever since you came on board as a member of the pep band? Um, wow, it's just been a great experience for me. Uh, I like the environment, either football, volleyball, basketball. It's been a great environment. I, lo- I love how everyone just stands up and starts screaming. Um, I, I just see how like students uh, interact with like the sports, and I see how my, my peers interact with sports. And it seems like they're having a, a great time, and I love to see that in them. I, I love I see their passion in, in their eyes and how they play, how they play, and so I just I just love how how that uh, impacts us and the sports. Now, with your dad having worked uh, at the Haskins Center before that special event center for years, probably when you're growing up, were you like a lot of us that just kind of grew up in that building as a kid? Yeah, uh, he would take me over. He worked at overnights, and so he would. Uh, he was a cleaning guy. He, he a janitor, mm-hmm. and so after the games, I would stick around uh, with him because I like after that he would take me to Waterburger. So I, I mainly went for the Waterburger, <laughs> and so um, <laughs> he he would take me, and I would like just chill, and then. As the game ended, I would just hear the band. I saw the band, and I love how, like, it, it really impacted me seeing them how how powerful they were and how they would uh like they would uh bring the the audience and everyone. Now, before we talk about uh, your signature move with the band, the band is lively in general, isn't it? They they enjoy the game, they get into the game, they want to be a factor, and it seems like if you're in the pep band, the whole idea is not just to play your instrument, but it's to get involved. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh. It's important for us to to make sure that everyone is giving their 100 percent, especially the, the the spectators. Make sure that that they're screaming, that they're uh, chanting our team, because it, it's all about making them feel at home and how and how they, they they should know that we we support them in every aspect of the game. Absolutely, and, and for you, Doc, um, as we talk about the band. Um, you know, you like those little traditions, don't you? As, as if the bands are giving you life outside of the music and doing things that they're just having fun, it makes you feel better because you want them to have as much fun as they possibly can at these games. That's that's totally it, Steve. Especially, you know, I'm a constant advocate for our students, and I'm so excited to see them having a great time at games. I've been been places, seen other pet bands uh, without naming names or anything. 
anything. But I've seen other places where they just kind of sit on their hands and mm-hmm. they view the part where the game is happening. That's not their job. Their game, their job is only when they play. And our, our students are constantly on the clock from the time they show up in the Don Haskins Center until the time the game is over. And I, I know for, uh, for a fact that Coach Baker, Coach Golding, all the players really appreciate that. It's very much a family atmosphere with UTEP Athletics and the UTEP Bands. Now, we've talked about student support on this show forever. Uh, nothing changes. Adrian was part of the uh, student body not that long ago, and uh, you know, I've been going to games for 40-plus. And I mean, at times, years ago, students were amazing. They had their own sections. They were, they were loud. They were into it. They were part of the whole ambiance of the Haskins Center. And unfortunately, students come and go, and the question is going to be, how do we get them back to the old days? Is it even possible to get students back to the old days again? I tell you, I, I wasn't around for the old days. I've only been here for four years, but um, I, I know that our students, in particular in El Paso, those who are, are living here, a lot of those students are working. They're putting themselves through school. Yeah. I know that they've any anytime a lot of my students aren't in class or aren't in pet band, they're out and, and trying to earn money so that they can stay there. I understand that that's a reality in our community. We have to be sensitive toward that. At the same time. I, I hate for students not to be able to experience the things that I loved about my college experience. You know, I, I went to the University of Tennessee. Uh, my, my blood is orange, man. In fact, it's the same orange as UTEP Sumo. Orange. It looks so, the yeah, same orange. Yeah, That's it's right. PMS 151C. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I love that. I wouldn't trade those four and a half years for anything. That, and so I, I wish our students would get that same, uh, that same feeling. If they would just pack it in and have a great time together, it would become the thing that brings them back. Not to mention it's a free ticket. And when I was going yeah. to school in Austin, I had to actually pay the sports fee to have the ability to get tickets to the game. And okay. that was the thing. You, know, you, know, you wouldn't just get them. You had to buy the, uh, the opportunity. Here it comes with the whole student experience. Yeah, I can't believe they would make you pay to watch the the other UT. Yeah, uh, but, sure you yeah, Thanks you for go. the horns down. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, no, it does come with that. And, and, you know, I'm part of meetings constantly with our folks in athletics, with our folks in the Dean of Students office, with our awesome spirit team, Bianca and Leslie, who do a great job with UTEP cheer and dance. We're constantly talking about ideas for how to get students there, how to engage them. Al Davis is not all wrong. Just win, baby. Yeah, I mean, I that's that's a big part of it, and I'm so pleased to see what's going on with Joe and Kevin. They're working really hard to make sure that that's happening. they got great competitive teams that go hard. Um, so winning helps, and, and I know we're working on a whole lot of other things, too. I'm with you on that, especially with what Dana was able to do with the seven wins and a trip to a bowl game this year. Look, man, it speaks for itself, and I think we saw the atmosphere that happened at the UTSA game November 6th where, where it was super live and had a huge student section, and we've got plans for even more of that in the next football season when that comes up. But right now we got to get them out for basketball, man. Got to finish strong to Frisco. Adrian, what's your uh, what do you have for Doc uh, Doctor Hunter before we uh, take the break and come back and, and talk to Caesar about uh, one of the big things he's done for years here? Yeah, well, actually, I kind of want to allude to that because I want to ask you: Do you all get anything like, "Hey, you should tone it down over there," or "Hey, because we, if you're a fan, you you understand it. If you're sitting in the wrong section or you rub people the wrong way, do you ever get that where people say, "Tone it down over there"? You know, we don't get that from our home fans. Every once in a while, we get a little bit of a side sideways glance from the official. But I will say this. If you're an opposing basketball coach, for some reason, listening to 600 ESPN El Paso right now, the worst thing you can do is acknowledge the band. Because once those players and coaches look over, it's all over. These guys are Googling the roster. Yeah. They're trying to find out, you know, where the, <laughs> what their name. shoe size is, what their phone <laughs> number is. Yeah, yeah just, just don't acknowledge the band or it's going to be a long day for you. Have you had teams that since you've been here have gone, have done that and then you get into their heads? Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, you've it, seen it. It gets it gets pretty serious. In fact, there have been some coaches that have uh, had some yeah. choice words for the band across really? the way. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, the band had a few choice words for them before <laughs> that. So, Caesar, you get into it pretty good. Do you like to do your homework also? And during these games, if you know that they're fine, they they they're spotting you, you can get a little bit, uh, get into their you know minds a little bit. Oh yeah, it's it's funny how they they get annoyed at these at, at us actually. I don't know why. They're supposed to focus on the game and everything. They they just like to acknowledge You're us. Just and, a band man. Yeah, and so uh, they they like they like to like like Dr. Hunter said, uh, give us a choice of words and everything. Uh, we just try to keep it calm and. And just like enjoy the game. So we, uh, in in particular, if you're on the practice squad and standing up, that <laughs> tends to not work out well for you if you've not gotten in the game or you've handed out water. You're a squatting <laughs> coach. Well, like uh, yesterday, <laughs> according to Pinky, he said that at the game yesterday, the referee tried to quiet you guys because he was told that uh, there was a fan shining his cell phone light at the free throw shooters, and then the referee decided to try to you know to to, to stop that. Yeah, that, I think that was on the other side a little bit. I blame Jason Craig for that actually. <laughs> that probably was Jason's fault. No, it's just no. somebody <laughs> over there. But uh, if a refer- referee tried to quiet us down yesterday, we just may have. We may have happened to miss that. Oh, we're very busy, Steve. So I, you we have may, a lot, we you have have a lot to that. do. I yeah. understand. Yeah. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. All right. We've got Dr. Andrew Hunter here. We also have Cesar Garcia. When we come back, we'll talk to Cesar about a tradition he started years ago that's still going on today. We'll do that next right after Charlie One, who's back with his traffic update. Charlie, how are we doing? So this is the song that is played uh, for years at UTEP sporting events. And it's a song that Caesar knows quite well. As we welcome you back to the program, Caesar Garcia, one of the trumpet players from the UTEP pep band here, along with Dr. Andrew Hunter, as we continue our conversation, talking to the two. All right, uh, so Caesar, this song, Jump Around from House of Pain, one of the uh, all-time uh, hip hop classics, and uh, yet it is a song that you are known for so much that there have been social media posts on UTEP fan sites wondering who's the guy screaming, who's the fan that's always uh, you know in tune to this song. Tell me a little bit about how this whole thing started. Take me back to the roots where the jumping and the screaming at UTEP games kind of began. So, first of all, I got to say, it was hard for me not to scream when you play this. <laughs> I had to warn you. I said, listen, I'm going to play this song. Don't scream. So, that's exactly. Go yeah. ahead. So, it's, it all started when I joined the pep band in 2018, I guess. That was uh, my first year with Mr. Capshaw. Uh, I was a little bit nervous because I didn't know what how to act appropriately. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, uh, I, uh, I saw, like, my, my band members, my band peers, uh, and I asked them, hey, well, what do you guys do? You guys have more experience. And they're like, hey, just, just be yourself. Uh, just chill and enjoy the game. And whatever you do, just don't, don't, uh, don't trash the other guys just yet. And so um, it, how it started is uh, I, I was just being myself. And uh, it, it kind of evolved over the years. And so at... Every song that uh, the DJ played, I would scream the the high pitch noise. Mm-hmm. And so, this song, this particular song, uh, "Jump Around," it came up, and that's like where I started screaming that uh, that uh, high pitch noise. But you had done other songs before that song. Yeah, every every song that they played on on the speakers, mm-hmm. I, I would do every song. And okay. so, Doctor Hunter knows I do every song. 
But uh, it turns out jump around uh, was my signature uh, move. And so I think it kicked in the the following year where uh, they would play it more often. Yeah. And that's where everyone started looking at me. And they would start looking at the band and trying to look for the guy who's screaming. And so uh, in, in these like recent years, that uh, they come up to me and, and they're like, hey, you're the guy that screams, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Like, hey, good job. Keep doing that. We, we enjoy that. Everyone enjoys that. The band members enjoy it. Uh, the dance team, the, the cheer team, everyone enjoys it. Now, you don't just scream. You jump and scream yeah. at the same time, which to me is even that much tougher because you got to keep the rhythm while you're jumping up and down and try not to get out of breath to where it hurts the uh, the screaming involved. So, it's I mean, it's like if you were just standing and screaming, that's one thing, but you're jumping around and screaming for usually 40 seconds to a minute and a half, depending on how long you can go. Yeah, last night, uh, Jason, DJ Jason Craig, uh, he played it for longer than that, and that I mm-hmm. I was getting tired because I'm used to tell. I'm used to that thirty seconds to like one minute, and so it was like a technical or it was a foul, I guess they were re- revising it, and he kept he kept on playing it. And I'm like, hey man, chill. I'm 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 trying to like not lose my voice. You had to get ready for an interview. Today, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is big stuff. I, I want to make sure you had enough voice left to do the interview. Yeah, we were that, worried. That's right, Doc. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, I like I also scream at like uh, I'm I'm doing like the chance like uh, like go oh, YouTube go or whatever, and then I'm trying to get everyone to like uh, cheer and everything, and uh, jump around is like my finishing move. So after that, I stop. I kind of lower my my screaming a little bit, but he, he just kept him playing it, and I almost lost my voice. Oh. <laughs> Adrian, you're loving this, aren't you? Yeah, I love this a lot for, for so many reasons. My question to you, Caesar, is have you ever had a jump around moment where you're just like, all right, this all eyes are on me, the game is on the line, momentum is all UTEP's way, and everybody's paying attention to me screaming? That's pretty much every game. It happens every game where we got the audience, we got even the opposing team looking at me, and they're they're like, hey, what what what's going on with this dude? Why is he doing it? And they they're just they just don't see it coming. Have you been able to take this to house parties and frat parties uh, during the years you're in college? And kind of when they play the signature song, you do it and everybody just goes nuts? Yeah, well, they they look at me and they're like, you better not scream. You better not scream. Like, hey, you know I'm about to scream. So don't, don't tell me not to scream because that's my finishing move. Uh, Dr. Hunter, when he screams and really kind of gets into it, since you're right on top of him and everybody else is usually uh, one to, to, you know, whatever, 25 sections away, how do you describe just the decibel of when Caesar really gets into it and, and just starts belting that out? You know, we would we would probably just say, in, in, in I think audiophile terms, it, it has a certain presence, has a certain <laughs> depth, just a real richness of timbre and... Uh, Steve, it's loud. I, I'm not going to lie to you, pal. It's loud. I'm three rows away, and he's uh, he's bringing it the whole time. I, I, I do want to just give a shout-out because I know that it happens to be a personal favorite of one Jeff Darby. Jeff mm. really, really appreciates this. In I hope fact, I hope he's listening. Jeff has told me on occasion this is one of the reasons that he makes sure to attend every game. It's simply for that seminal moment when Caesar comes in during jump around. So, Jeff, this is for you, pal. I believe it. Uh, I'm so happy that Jeff is a big fan of yours, Caesar. That is great. Thank and uh, you, Jeff, Jeff uh, if, if you're listening, uh, the next time the song is played, I will be thinking of Jeff uh, from <laughs> now on and, and make sure it's dedicated to him. That is a, a perfect, uh, perfect moment right there. Um, but you sometimes go 
30 to 45 to a, to a minute, depending on how long it is, because that song will sometimes trail off, but it's still going on, and you'll you'll even yell during the game. Game is being played, and you're still screaming up and down, uh, making sure you're staying within rhythm. Yeah, I'm trying my best to distract the other team. Yeah, I can Especially on, on the free throws. He uh, mm. Jason, he usually plays this before the free throws, and then when they're doing it, they're like that's when everyone gets crazy. Yes. And that's, that's when I keep going, you know? So... When you're doing this, I have to assume it's got to take a toll on your throat and your voice, right? I mean, even though you're used to it after... How many years have you been doing this particular uh, scream for? Is it four? It's been four years. So four, four years, years later, Caesar, has it? does it take its toll on you during the game? Mm, during the game? Probably. But uh, over, like, if I had a game on Thursday and then on Saturday, I would be perfectly fine. It doesn't really take a toll on my voice over, like, the games, you know? Especially, mm. I think it most affected me where it's uh, double headers where we have a football team, football game, and mm. then after that we have a basketball game. But I make sure I try my best to do the scream. Yeah. Well, that's the way you need to do it. And yeah. by the way, does it, does it um, ever affect you playing the trumpet? Because you have to have all of that, uh, being able to breathe properly and, and exert all that to, to make sure you get the trumpet uh, you know, as much. And, I don't, and by the way, doctor, I don't know anything about what I'm about to say. I really don't. This is just common sense that if you really start to scream it out and you lose a little bit, it might affect you uh, trying to, to blow the horn. Maybe I'm wrong here. Well, you know, for the amateur, that's probably true. Sure. But for, but for a you know, highly skilled professional like Caesar here. He's uh, he's ready to just right, come right all the way over through that. Yeah, he, he's got it. I'm sure uh, you know professionals all the time belt out as many yells as they possibly well, can. Marsalis so. is well known oh, for yeah. his screaming ability in addition to the trumpet. So mm-hmm. I believe it. Now, um, although Jump Around is your signature, are there any other songs that you also enjoy screaming to? Uh, for uh, I can do I guess Fireball that when they. When, like, at the end, it's, like, fireball. I, I scream it, like, if it, if it were jump around. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I do, Dr. Hunter? Um, I know a few songs, but it, I just mm, don't know the names. The Jason, like, that little yeah, thing. That, yeah, it's a... Um, I can do mariachi loco. Mm. I, I do that the actual mariachi scream. You do? Uh, yeah, and it turns out... I think people like it, so I keep doing it. Have you ever performed with a mariachi group before? I have not. I have okay. Not. Now, another question. This is also very important, okay? Because think about this. Um... We just found out Gavin Hardison's going to wear the number two Laufenberg jersey next year in honor of uh, Gavin, or uh, Gavin is in honor of uh, Luke Laufenberg. So Justin Garrett wore it the last two years. Now um, Gavin Hardison is going to wear it this upcoming season. Have we figured out yet who will carry on the tradition of screaming after you're done? Because clearly, if you graduate and the scream goes away, the tradition dies. So how can we keep the screaming tradition alive even after you're done with the pep band? Uh, my first plan, my first option is me still going to the games after I'm done with my college years. My next option, uh, I guess I've been playing with, uh, with my, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Kevin, Kevin Nino. Big shout out to him. Um, he's been with me during my high school years and on to college. And when I'm not at the basketball games for that's like it's rare that I'm not there, he would do the screen for me. And so during there was a time where we we had a the the the, the bowl game here in uh, the Tiger uh, Tony the Tiger yes. bowl game where the band couldn't come, and so we had a few of us uh, like um, getting in there. And then there's this uh, my, one, a friend of mine, uh, Dominic Rojas. He sent me a video of him screaming up oh, to wow. the point where uh, a, an audience member donated him $100 for, 
for for him screaming. So he's wow. one of the options, and he decided to donate that uh, to like Doctor Hunt. This high is, school. This is amazing. We've got yeah. we've got options here. Yeah, it's for turning this. into a gig. I think one yes. of the other things we could consider, Steve, is. Maybe it's time to care, to to pass the torch to all the minor fans. Maybe mm. the next time Jump Around comes up, maybe we just all do it. And the whole thing. If the whole arena screamed at the same time, that would be amazing. 20, 20 years later, yes. you know, Caesar comes back with his kids and he says, hey, this this was dad right here. What I a legacy, this. huh? I, I started this. this. <laughs> hey, but it could, it could be a thing, man. Adrian, what do you think? I'm all in. I think this is a great tradition. There, uh, UTEP basketball has been begging for mm-hmm. more traditions to come their way, so this could be one of them. Uh, I, I have another question, uh, another follow-up, because if we have listeners right now who are just not on board, let's say they're just not a fan of this right now. Caesar, how would you how do you meet in the middle ground with them and say, hey, look, people like it. We're getting in other people's heads. How do you, how do you meet in the middle with them? Uh, I, I don't know, actually. I, I it's really a great question. Know. Yeah. Hey, look, at the end of the day, if we had 15,000 people in that arena who were as invested in the game as Caesar is, mm-hmm. nobody would complain about anything. That's so right. How, how about that? that? I mean, I'm, you know, it's, it's got to show, show me what you got because this is what yeah. he's got. So I'm with don't, you on that. don't like it, mm-hmm. cheer louder. Okay. We're going to wrap things up here uh, with both uh, Caesar and Dr. Hunter in a moment. But first, let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Good job, Adrian. 34 past the hour right now as we continue with Dr. Andrew Hunter, uh, the director of the UTEP Pep Band, along with uh, Caesar Garcia, one of the trumpet players, and uh, most notably uh, our scream guy that we uh, brought into the uh, show today. Doc, uh, I'm wondering, you know, how difficult is it in terms of just trying to recruit and get new, uh, you know, new students into the UTEP Pep Band year after year? One of the coolest things I think about working here at UTEP is is the fact that so many of our students come from El Paso. Dr. Brad Genever, our director of bands, and I, along with our uh, faculty in the Department of Music, have worked really hard to build relationships in the city, mm-hmm. get to know the band directors, get to know their students. I feel like uh, the band directors here trust us with their students that we're going to take care of them, give them great experiences. So uh, obviously with, with everything that's happened the last two years now. It's been tough to get into those band rooms. As things are opening back up, though, we're, we're there. We're out recruiting, trying to find that next generation of minors. So if they want to get involved, what do they need? Just talk to their, probably talk to their high school band director about that, because you're pretty much in contact with everybody, right? For sure, that's a good start, is, is you know, all those folks have our, have our contact information. One of the best things that any listener can do right now is follow UTEP bands on any of their social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, so it, it's just at UTEP Bands. That's it with it with an S at the end. Mm-hmm. And any prospective students, it's really actually easy to join. They just text the word March to nine one five two zero seven two four eight one. That's uh, text the word March to nine one five two zero seven two four eight one, and they just fill out a form and. We get in touch with them and get them rocking in the Sun Bowl in August. I like it. That's a very cool way to do it. Uh, by the way, it sounds like uh, things are going well for you. You've been here four years, and I know you're enjoying things in a big way. We love El Paso, man. Uh, I've, I've got a wife. I've got four kids. She's an elementary teacher at Colberg Elementary. Go Coyotes. Uh, I've got, got kids at Franklin and Ornado. And so uh, we. this is home for us, man. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I like, I like not having to worry about rain like I did in South Louisiana for all those marching band practices. I think I've had two practices rained out in four years. So oh, my God. That part's kind of awesome, but uh, man, we love the Sun City, love the 915, and uh, UTEP's an awesome place to be, and 
uh, are, are the best days of the UTEP band are ahead of it. I'm certain of that. We've, we've got a lot of great things in store. Awesome. Hey, uh, meanwhile, uh, Caesar, this question just came in from Leo underscore Miners fan on Twitter. Uh, he says, we're big fans of the Scream 2 and keep it up. Also, we know you have the pipes. What about your dance moves? Will we see you take on Dancing Bobby before the season Ooh. ends? Ooh, I got a, few, a pretty few uh, good dance moves. Uh, I mean, if I'm more than happy to join Dancing Bobby on the, on the court. All right, Rick Romero, if you're listening, the gauntlet's <laughs> been thrown down. we got to get that happening with Van Wagner there. That would be amazing because I do like Dancing I, Bobby. I don't, I don't want a piece of Bobby, man. I, 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 I've seen that. I, I know how I move. Other people have told me how I move. I, I, I don't want any of Dancing Bobby. Caesar might have a chance. All right, that would be a lot of fun. I like that, guys. Um, excellent. Uh, by the way, Caesar, any so you, you've got what this season, and then the fall, and then you're going to be done, right? Yeah. Any plans on just trying to go out with a bang? Anything that you're thinking of is like the grand finale for um, you, or is that going to take a little time? It's going to take a little time because yeah. I haven't thought of, of this. Um, I understand. The most I can do is do one final big scream and yeah. like in in the middle of the court or in the middle of the field. That would be awesome. I don't know if we can work a Van Gogh show into the fall season so we can get the scream on the jumbotron and feature that Caesar. That yeah, I, I don't know if that's workable. But that we'll... would be amazing. <laughs> I was even thinking like probably like a segment of like uh, can you beat Caesar Caesar the screamer or something like that. I don't know. That probably, would be like, kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I, all I know is Caesar's iconic around UTEP. He really is. Now, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've listened to your screen for four years, man, and it's and and I'm just happy. I'm I'm ways away. I'm like usually a couple, you know, probably I don't know, two hundred feet, five hundred feet away. But I'm curious about one thing. I'd love to know just the impact of what one of these screams is like close up. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do, if possible. I'm going to replay the House of Pain song right now, mm-hmm. and if you want to just step back a little bit, so you're not right on top of the microphone, that's fine. But if if you wouldn't mind belting out one or two screams from the first part of that, I just want to experience this firsthand of what it's like to be 10 feet in front of you while you're screaming to uh, to the classic song here at, uh, you know, um, Jump Around, okay? Yeah. You don't have to jump. You don't have to jump okay. if you don't want to. But I want to hear the scream, and um, I'm going to turn the mics down a little bit so it doesn't go crazy, but I definitely want to hear what this is like, okay? okay. So you want me to step back? Yeah. Just a little bit. Okay. Keep, keep the headphones on because that's how you're going to hear it. You're going to hear the song in your – so that way you can scream appropriately. There okay. you go. That's that's perfect right there. I'll that jump, is great. I'll jump for you. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, Dr. Hunter, any advice for me before we start this uh, little experiment of ours? Do you have a helmet? Um, my <laughs> earphones are going to do the job because they are closed ears, and I think we'll be okay. Okay. As long do as you, you don't have to shoot a free throw after this, you should be okay. We're good. Caesar, do you have to warm up, or are you good to go right now? Um uh, I never expected myself to scream, so um, let me just give me a few seconds. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Let's go. Okay, Let's this go. is perfect. All right, here we go. Uh, this is again Caesar Garcia, the UTEP band trumpet player, giving us what we all know as Jump Around here on Sports Talk. That is amazing. That is that is phenomenal. Um, Adrian, I got to get your uh, instant reaction from that because to me that was uh, that was epic right here on Sports Talk. Better than advertised for sure. Caesar brought the heat. He only mm. had one warm-up scream amazing. and he delivered in a big way. Now, I'm going to tell you something and I'm I'm being 100% honest with you. 
Thank God I had my headphones on. <laughs> because if I was to try to do that without the phones, I could see it. That's and, and Doc, you got to keep the headphones on the whole time too, right? You, or did you take yours off? Oh, no, no. I had to have some sort of protection there. Yeah, I don't blame you. Listen. I think people are running over here to make sure we're okay. Yes, <laughs> probably. And that's why we have a soundproof room. We, we made sure this room is soundproof. I mean, the minute the screaming was over, my phone started ringing. Somebody's the boss is probably calling me, making sure everything's all right. So, yes, we are fine. Yep. Dr. Andrew Hunter, Cesar Garcia, it has been an absolute pleasure having the two of you on today. Thank you both for being here. Keep up the great work, Doc, with the band. And Caesar, um, all I can tell you is don't stop screaming, man, because that's what it's all about. And you've made a name for yourself, and I hope the tradition lives on. Hey, of course. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. You Picks got up, it. Go Pick, Miners. Picks up, go Miners. We'll come back, wrap up Hour 2 in a moment. Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. You know, it's funny. I just took a big sip of water, and I wasn't the one screaming the last segment. That was Caesar. Great job, Caesar. Appreciate you and Dr. Andrew Hunter for being here with us. In our Lubingo studios, and uh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And um, again, you know, that song and 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 Caesar kind of wanted this to be a little bit of a of an introduction and kind of explain not only who Caesar is but the story behind the screaming, how it started, and uh, you know how that UTEP pep band just keeps uh, cranking them out game after game. Yeah, if you're a UTEP fan, you go to the games, you know who Caesar is. You might not know him by name, but you've heard him before, and so now to kind of put a name to the voice that you hear at every UTEP men's basketball game and hear the story behind it, why he does it, and how passionate he is about it, I mean, that was a awesome, awesome stuff, awesome stuff to talk with him about. I'll tell you what, I'm also impressed, the fact that he doesn't even graduate this year. We get to have Caesar all the way through the the fall of 2022. He'll you know, graduate in the, in December. Yeah, I like these victory laps. These are great for UTEP fans to have a chance to hear uh, from guys like Caesar. And I hope he does pass it down. I hope well, this is a tradition that uh, you know people keep for years to come. It sounds like people want to want to get in on this. They they want to be known as the person that he passed the torch to, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I feel like his whole uh, band members should also scream. I like what Doc was saying. Like, let's get the band to scream all with him. Then yeah. it'll get the crowd to scream with him, and then everybody will be about the jump around song. Unfortunately, the crowd was screaming yesterday but it wasn't uh, in response to Caesar and jump around it was screaming at the team and, and how unfortunately a one in ten Marshall thundering herd came into the Haskins Center and got the better end of UTEP yesterday yeah UTEP had really no business of being in that game at all I thought I felt like right. they were dominated in that game second half was not theirs first half they looked okay although they relinquished that lead which that's where it all kind of the dominoes really started to fall and uh, the miners had no way to come back in the second half here's the thing you're right if it wasn't for the four technicals this was probably a 15 to 20 point blowout uh from the beginning and that they would never have been in the game but the technicals kind of kept UTEP around but the matchups were terrible and Marshall didn't miss and I know a lot of that could be attributed to UTEP but it was just one of those games where you know I've I've we've talked about this all season long Adrian teams that are not undersized teams that have big players and Marshall had plenty of size and plenty of length they give this UTEP team a lot of trouble and that was the case yesterday yeah, and, and UTEP just doesn't have enough size down low. That, I mean, that's been the story all year long, and it, it catches up to them in games like this. You, if you're UTEP, you do not want to play Marshall in the tournament. You do not want to play Charlotte in the tournament. You don't want to play La Tech or yep. UAB. Those are the four teams that you want to try to avoid when you're getting into March and you're trying to win games in the conference tournament. Last night was a, or y- y- yesterday was a prime example of right. that horrible matchup for UTEP. 
And sadly enough, UTEP's next game is in Ruston Thursday against the aforementioned La Tech uh, Bulldogs. And uh, we all saw that first time around how close that game was. That was here in El Paso. I don't know if UTEP is going to be able to get the better end of La Tech this time around. Yeah, I also feel like you have to, if, if you're going up against UTEP, I feel like the, the game plan to beat them is work it inside out, but when you're working it out, really hit that perimeter shot, and that's all Marshall was doing. They had it down low, they were getting all the shots they wanted in the paint, and then when UTEP would adjust, they would simply throw it on the perimeter and then get a three-pointer to fall. So I, I think that's kind of the blueprint to beat UTEP's defense, and it, it's kind of it's really hurt them these uh, the, this past stretch, Steve. Their defense has not played up to par lately. Here is Kenneth Lofton Jr.'s last seven games. 23 against Southern Miss, 24 against UAB, 19 against Rice, 20 against North Texas, 16 against Florida Atlantic, 21 against FIU, 18 against um, Charlotte. Assistance. He's a dominant, a dominant player in this conference. One of the best players, if not the best player in this league. That's why uh, he. That's why they're uh, so good at Louisiana Tech. It's because of Kenneth Lofton. He only had 11 against UTEP, but he had 18 rebounds, which is a season high. And you kind of wonder what's going to happen this time around when the Miners see him again. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting matchup. It's uh, it's all up to Titus Verhoeven to take him mm. in down low. If you have not read Adrian's story today, answering the UTEP mailbag following the loss uh, from yesterday, you need to. It's a great read at 600ESPNLPasso.com. Coming up next, the FOSS leading off our sixth and final hour of the show. Sports Talk continues right here. Sport, it's uh, 600 ESPN El Paso. Final hour of Sports Talk is underway right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Got a busy week. A lot going on. Tomorrow, uh, this time, will be Utah basketball with Kevin Baker and Joe Golding. I believe that will be back on the west side at the Holiday Inn Sunland Park. So that's going to be tomorrow. Uh, at six. Right now, we get to spend it with the Foss, Steve Foster, with his post Super Bowl 56 wrap up as he joins us live on our 600 ESPN El Paso hotline. Welcome back, Foss. Good to hear from you. And uh, uh, it sounds to me like this was a good two week trip between Vegas and Southern California. Absolutely, man. And uh, happy to be a part of 600 ESPN El Paso. Uh, nothing finer than bringing the major sports events back to your hometown. It's a it's a treat. You can't ask for anything more. Yep, absolutely. It sounds like you had. Uh, I mean, for you, so many parties to attend, a lot of people to see. Were there any specific highlights of who you had a chance to meet? Since you did put um, Matthew Berry on your uh, Twitter uh, handle uh, earlier in the weekend. Yeah, you know, he is the fantasy football man, the guru. Uh was very privileged to catch up with him a few years ago. You know, he's from Texas. Uh, his uh, mom, Mayor, uh, over there in the Bryan College Station area, I believe it's College Station, or one of the two. They're right next to each other. However, uh, he works with one of my college schoolmates, that being Stefania Bell. Mm. So they were in town in Austin at an event. Uh, I think it was South by Southwest, and they were out, and they said, hey, let's catch up. Got to meet him there. Uh, very good guy. Um, as you see him on the tube, so is he uh, as pleasant uh, in person. Good guy. And so, yes, was uh, very happy to catch up with him. 
you know, I told him I came in second and third in my leagues, respectfully. And uh, he said, hey, there's always next year. I said, yes, I was the defending champ. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was a good time. By the way, did you actually go to college with Stefania Bell? Yes. I had yes, no idea. Was. We've actually had her on the show before. So she's part of that class with you, Dean Kane, Brooke Shields, and everybody else, Jason Garrett. We could add Stefania to the list. She, Stefania and Brooke are a year ahead. Ah, all right. Very nice. I had no. Were they were they friendly in college? The two of them. Oh yes. In fact, you know, um, (laughs) Brooke, our senior year was in our room all the time because she and Dean were definitely straight away during that uh, time frame. And Stefania uh, was an athlete, track athlete, and then she also uh, helped out with the football program as well because she was looking at physical therapy as a major. Okay. Um, very nice. Next time we talk to Stefania, we'll bring you up, and I'm looking forward to hearing her reaction. That'll be good. Um, in the meantime, all the parties you went to after we spoke to you, the Lee Steinberg party and everything else, was there one that really stood out amongst all of them? I gave you the clip. I gave I gave you the clip of the NFL Legends party. So that was the that best. Was, that was the best. That, so, of course, you know, we always work in Dean. So Dean takes me to the Wheels Up party. They had a party every evening. You know, something was going on. This this one was loaded. Uh, got to meet the president of Wheels Up, a very pleasant gentleman, uh, dining next to Joe Montana. Then, of course, we got to catch up with Russell Wilson. Part of it, his wife, Sierra who I knew was born in Austin. She was very happy, gave me a hug. Like, Sierra just gave me a hug. Okay. Life is good for me. Yes, it's good for me. And then uh, you had um, Dak Prescott, of course. I saw your blurry blurry picture with Dak on Twitter. You were right. Night night vision. Night vision is horrible. Don't put the camera on night vision. Just put it on regular vision and then adjust the light if you need. So um, Colin Cowherd was there, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Derek Henry, all in one great, nice restaurant, man, and everybody was pleasant. Everybody was pleasant. Nice. All right, good for you. Um, Again, if you missed any of it, you could check out uh, Foss's Twitter handle. Did you keep the football you posed with, or was that just a demo that you gave back to Wilson? Gave that one back to Wilson. Um, How much would it have cost for you to have the football made for you? Like, if you wanted one made at the football experience, what were they charging for that? A buck fifty. All right. You know what? All things considered, since you get to have that made on the spot for you, that's not terrible. No, they bring their operation from Ada, Ohio, each uh, NFL experience to the game. And... I have gotten the opportunity to know them, and I have taken the tour of the plant in Ada, Ohio. Nice. And uh, looking to go back when I bring you, Cappy, out to uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction, we'll, uh, we'll head over two hours west. And we'll take a tour. They sounds know me over there. sounds like a okay. winner, Foss. I'm 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 all down for that. That'll be a, that'll I be. I gotta a good take time. you. I gotta take you to the places I know. You I know, mean, I want you to see the places I've been, and this is my guy from yep. home, West Side. You know all that. I need. I, you know, it's a nice story. Well, it's I've never been. Story. I've never been to Ohio, so that would be a lot of fun. I would enjoy that. That would be great. Okay. Um, 
Meanwhile, we got uh, the Foss with us. Steve Foster joining us is a post uh, Super Bowl wrap up. Uh, the game itself. I mean, you tell me. Uh, you know, the Rams win. Uh, did you have a problem with Cooper Cup being the MVP over Aaron Donald? No, no. I, um, again, I've always said this. I don't care who the MVP is. I just want to be the champion. And and I don't think people recall, you know, standout individuals as much as they do the team that won. Now you can kind of put together who you think the MVP is, and it can you know that may be a great trivia question because most people you know five or ten years from now will probably think Aaron Donald played a tremendous game. Hey, our guy from Texas, Von Miller, uh, he and his experience from Texas A&M and winning Super Bowl 50 and being the MVP for Denver uh, certainly gave rise to a great effort. Um, But I was a little disappointed in Sean McVay's play calling. Uh, I'm sure OBJ not being in the game changed it a little bit, but he got a little conservative, didn't understand these runs in the middle, Cam Akers, and it just took too long to develop. It just had to be Matthew Stafford, Cooper, and OBJ early um, to get the job done yesterday. Uh, you feel the same way as Foss, Adrian? I, I feel like I, I can understand where he's coming from. I also think that uh, McVay, uh, he probably was trying to open up the pass game by running the ball. I, I mean, they had zero ru- rushing yards at all when this game was over. I mean, they were averaging, what, uh, 1.8 yards per carry? My biggest thing when I saw their their uh, their run schemes was maybe they wanted their offensive linemen, this sounds weird, but to move forward a little bit so that they could get you know comfortable pass blocking for Matt Stafford as well. Am I, am I totally off on that, Foss? I like the fact that you want to move the linemen forward. I just don't like the selection of the hole. And if it was me, I would have said, Coach, we got to have quick hitters off tackle, not between the A-gap, the center, and the guard. There there was nowhere to run. There was absolutely nowhere to run. You, you said it. The average was garbage. You You can do some things. You can run counters if you want to run up the middle. Start left, come back right. Start right, come back left. Pull a guard double-team and kick out, have a lead blocker up in there. But what they did as a scheme was was almost looked like, you know, album park, bad calls. And I hate to say that to a Super Bowl champion coach, but the run play calls were just horrible. So Yeah, but on the flip side, Zach Taylor didn't run the ball when his quarterback was getting destroyed in the third and fourth quarter. You kind of figured that, you know, at least soften up that rush with a running game, and they never went back to Mixon despite the fact that he was having a, a pretty solid yeah. game. Yeah, that that's true. You know, they, they you know, look, T. Higgins with a 75-yard touchdown. Jamar Chase is going to be one of the most prolific pass catchers in this league um, soon. Uh, you know, you fall in love with that. See, that's what happens when you have guys like Jason and, and Zach. They're quarterbacks, and they like to throw the ball. They forget about running the football. And so you have to – see, I, I would be a run game coordinator who would get very creative in the run plays. You don't want them to take a long time against a good team because their pursuit. Is so good. So then you have to do, as I say, use football judo. Get them to use the momentum that they have against them. Foss, is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? No. <laughs> no. 
What, is it, what does he need to do to try to get there? Win, win one more. Okay. Need to win one more. Okay. That's uh, hey, that's 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 straight out of the Foss's mouth. I have no problem oh, with yeah. that. By the way, speaking of running, what are you doing throwing Sammy P. Ryan in when you got a third and one and you're on your last drive and and ultimately your guy on the bench has been running up the you know for seventy five yards in the game. They thought they thought a bigger they thought a bigger back would do better. Oh that's sure, not necessarily the case. No, that's and, that's, and that's not no, yeah. That was a bad move. Hundred percent, hundred percent correct. Um, but listen, uh, Donald's never won one. Uh, you know, if he retires, if he retires tomorrow, he still will go down as one of the most dominant defensive players in the history of the game. Correct, and a Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. Not even question. Not even Not a question. question. Absolutely. So, I hope he plays. He's got two years left on his deal, and yeah, the Rams. I know. Hope he's still playing. Run it back. See if you can run it back. But here's the thing, too. Okay. The Rams are built for this now, Foss. The Bengals, right. I mean, I think the Bengals ultimately, they're going to get back there. I know some people are saying the national media guys, it's so tough to get back. But look, you build a little bit of an offensive line um, for Burrow and give him a little more time to, to get back and throw the ball. With his right. offensive weapons, they're loaded right now. Correct. I agree. They're going to be they're going to be hard to deal with. You know, it's going to be fun with seeing Justin Herbert, similar type guy, uh, you know, in the in, in the NFL with experience and, and a loaded team as well doesn't have the defense. Um, but you know, Mahomes, Herbert, and, and Joe Burrow are going to be a lot of fun on that young gunslinger. Get them to the Super Bowl moves. It's it's going to be great. With OBJ tearing his ACL, what do you think happens to him? Does he stay with the Rams, or do you think he rehabs and then joins a team midseason next year? It just depends because we don't know what's going to happen to Robert Woods. I'd love to have all three of them, you know, if you can. It is going to be interesting since he's now a free agent, and ultimately if the Rams want to uh, cut ties, they can. I mean, look, I'm sure, uh, you know, and, and here's another thing. If, um, you know, if he doesn't get – if Odell doesn't get hurt, he very well could have been the MVP of that football game the way he was slicing Absolutely. up Cincinnati. Absolutely. Absolutely, because they were going to try to double-team Cooper Cup all night, yep. which was going to give one-on-one coverage. And, and Apple or anybody else who was going to OZA, they were going to get eaten up like catfish by <laughs> OBJ. It was apparent. It was just it was a mismatch. And that's what you look for in professional, in high-ranked D1-type sports. You look for the mismatch, and you exploit it all game long. Did the officiating bother you since they threw no flags really up until the final drive, and then the last few plays of the Rams' drive was ultimately marred by flag after flag? Yeah, it's kind of to be expected. I'd rather them throw less flags than more. I'm with you, and they were doing that until that last drive. That was the thing. They they hadn't called a single holding penalty all game, and they only had four flags. I don't like officials. I call them the necessary evil. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to have them to play the games, but not really in love with them. Right. No, never have been. Okay. Uh, what do you got going on for Valentine's tonight? What are you doing? Nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a Valentine's Day where I say happy Valentine's Day to all, and there is there is no specific Valentine in the world. I've lost both my moms. I guess I could go with my sister. She's having a good time with her brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, Dwayne. So maybe that's it. All right. Well, uh, that's that's. I have okay. Learned, you know. Sometimes you gotta have those years. All right. Hey, look at it this way: the fact you have no significant other in your life right now gives you a chance to go spend a couple of weeks in uh, Vegas and uh, in, in California, and you don't have to worry about anything. That's nice. It was. 
Very much so was, Cappy. It was great, great football, uh, great to report. Um, like I said, um, made some very good connections uh, in the NFL. Good. And look forward to doing uh, more reporting, man. This was fantastic. Hey, it was fun having you with us the last few weeks. We enjoyed it. Thanks for the Super Bowl wrap, and uh, we'll keep tabs and get you back on the show here down the road soon enough. Absolutely, and now it's time for some content. So as I spoke with Adrian, need to get some of that over to you and the listeners so they can see some more. You know, I didn't put it all out there. I held it back. I Good. I held it back so we could have some exclusive uh, clips and photos uh, up on 600 ESPN El Paso. Adrian, I can't wait to see what Foss has been holding back. Can you? Oh, I'm ready for this. I, I hope that there's some videos in this as well, and I can't wait for us to throw this on the website. Maybe he got a super clear photo with Dak, and he just put the crappy one on Twitter, so that way he kind of uh, throws a little curveball to everybody out there. Or Spin Zone. <laughs> Maybe Dak took a picture on his phone, he and then did. he got he something. Did. He did, and, and what I'm going to do is see if Jason can send it back to me. Oh, there you I, go. You, yeah, I got a plan, baby. That's good. Uh, you know what my plan for you is uh, in the next, uh, hopefully the next few uh, few weeks? Go buy an What's iPhone that? so you don't have such crappy night vision and you can take Stop. better pictures of that blurry piece of you-know-what that you threw up on Twitter. Stop. Stop. I made, I made, a, I made a slight error, but that's okay. We recovered. We recovered mightily. It's <laughs> Dak. I mean, with all the people you know, did you ever grease the people at Apple? I just like the Android. Ugh. All right. Well, you know what? It really didn't do you any justice and no love uh, on that one photo. But get the get the DAC first. I guarantee you this. I guarantee you Prescott's got an iPhone. I'll ask. I'm sure he does. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen. Enjoy yourself, Foss. We'll look forward to getting some great stuff up on the website. And thanks for everything you've done with us the last few weeks. We had a great time with you. Absolutely. So did I. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone as well. Hug and kiss your significance or anybody who's close, you know. It's the day for love. (laughs) Well said, man. Well said. All right, we'll talk soon. Take care, Foss. Okay, bye. Follow Steve Foster on Twitter at Foss underscore sports and check out his work soon enough. Coming up to 600ESPanelPaso.com. 18 past as we continue right here and go back to Charlie one for this. Oh, no. no, Is Charlie done? Charlie did good today. Four good updates. His voice sounded great. All right, we'll be back with more right after this. 600 ESPN El Paso. 22 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Our thanks again to Steve Foster. And appreciate everything that uh, he delivers to us on this show. So consistent, so good, so much fun, isn't he? He's always money. I'm sad that I'm just bummed that this is the last time we'll talk to him for a while. I know we're yeah. going to bring him on, you know, when the draft comes around, the combine, all that, but this will be a, a little break from Foss for a while. It is going to be a little bit of a Foss break. Uh, meanwhile, we got a couple of stories we want to talk about uh, after the um, UTEP game and also a story I wrote about uh, earlier on the website. Now, understand this. Um, when I wrote my wishes to watch NFL games in the future without announcers, um, this is not meant to to say that I don't like announcers. I do. I love Al Michaels. I love um, Joe Buck. I'm a big Iron Eagle fan, and I also like um, um, Jim Nance and and a lot of the other announcers. I've always listen. I'm, I'm a play by play guy. I've called play by play football. I've called play by play basketball. So I do like announcers, but. 
I wrote this article because last night I was watching the game, right? And I mean, I can watch a football game with the sound up or the sound down. It doesn't, it doesn't impact it for me. But I was watching the game and I kept thinking to myself, how cool would it be if they had a game where the audio feed was like an NFL Films video, like a hard knocks? So essentially, think of it this way, folks. You watch the game and there could be replays, whatever, but... You get the parabolic mics on the field, so you get all the crunches, all the sound, and then you got players mic'd, so you get to listen to all the X-rated trash talk that's going on on the field during the game. So ultimately, it's like you're an official, like you're actually right there with the players themselves. And I thought that would be amazing if you could enjoy a football game, because nowadays... We have such good uh, video with HD. Everything is crystal clear. You feel like you're at the game anyway. So all that's really missing is giving you the audio experience of what it's like. And they did this, by the way, uh, 42 years ago in 1980 for the Jets-Dolphins. And that game is actually on YouTube. Um, But the difference is, is that it was mostly crowd noise with a little of the uh, player's sounds, but they didn't mic them the way they do now. So, Adrian, I would love nothing more to see NFL football like that so you could actually hear every single sound and word that's going on from field level. I think that'd be amazing. So it's an interesting thought because I I feel like the audience for this is going to be there, there is a big audience for this by the way I, I feel like those who love hard knocks are going to be all about the uh, hearing hearing like the in game sounds and all that stuff because they watch hard knocks in the, in the first place to hear that those who watch NFL films like the recaps um, you know we saw clips last week from the or two weeks ago from the championship games we saw clips today from Aaron Donald from Sean McVay uh, so you you people really latch on to those things right there so that's the those are the pros for it I just think for me I love to hear the explanation like throughout like I want to be in front I want to have the actually actually I, I love having the announcers blare out of the TVs I want to hear it as loud as possible I love the explanation behind it and sometimes I disagree sometimes I agree with what they're saying I thought Collinsworth was a little much yesterday I'll just be honest and I like Collinsworth but uh but I, I feel like there would be a market for it it's just not for me I, I I'm I'm on the side of uh being with the announcers. I totally get it. And I know that I'm probably in the minority with this. This is not something that, and and by the way, when people say, well, turn down the microphones, uh, no, it's not that. It's that I want an alternate perspective. Look at what the Manning cast has done with Peyton and Eli Manning and how people now are watching Monday Night Football and would rather listen to those two BS with guests and talk over the game than the game itself. It's like the game is in the background when they're doing that. And people love it. I mean, it's it's caught on more than, than watching the normal Monday night crew from ESPN. So that goes to show you that that's one way of alternating a broadcast feed. I'm just saying that there's definitely games where right now, to me, watching these games on high def, I already feel like I'm there. So all this would do is complete the experience for me. So now I can watch the game and listen to all the sounds. And by the way, since this would be an alternate feed, 
And Amazon apparently is already talking about doing this when they take over their NFL deal starting in 2023 and they start doing games. They're looking at an announcer list feed. But if they do it right and they're able to get the audio the way I'm hoping they will, um, it's it's going to be amazing because now I just want to hear, wouldn't you love to just watch a game and hear it exactly the way it is being played on the field? I'd be curious to hear it. I just, you know, like when there when there's things like penalties or mm-hmm. there's just uncertainties or a third down situation where you want a little bit more explanation as to why they did it or why they didn't do something. That's where I'd I'd like the announcer to step in. I, I feel like you know the big point on this is. You know, alternate broadcasts have a, a life here in 2022. They in, do. In the future, too. I feel like if you had a hybrid broadcast where it's some announcers, maybe it's almost like a, a narrator, not even a traditional announcer, more like a PA narrator who's just explaining what happened and then piped in the on-field noise, that'd be a really interesting one. Or if you just had reaction, like a reaction mic, where you every touchdown you just clipped uh, the you, – you cut off the mic from the broadcasters – you go directly to the field and you get the instant reaction from the players themselves. So like when o- Odell Beckham Jr. scoring a touchdown, you're yeah. hearing what he's saying in that celebration. Well, understand that that's probably not made for broadcast television because the truth True. is the audio I'm talking about is probably going to be more of a rated R version of the game because there's going to be a lot of profanity. There's going to be things said that should not be repeated and obviously is not for broadcast network ears. But... We are at a point now in society where uh, they have really eased up on the seven words you can't say on television anymore, which George Carlin made famous in the early 70s, and things have really changed and evolved in that standpoint. More the reason why I would like the alternate feed available for me. And you know what? There might be very much some games I'm going back to the announcers. I like we should always have announcers. The point of this story was not to say get rid of announcers. The point of it was to say I wish we had the opportunity to watch games from an audio standpoint of everybody mic'd, all this. I want to hear the crunches. I want to hear the trash talking. I like to hear the coaches talking to the officials. I'd like, I mean, all that stuff. I'd love to hear what the game is like from an on field perspective. I think that'd be amazing. Like if they piped in the noise from the on-the-field uh, scuffle that happened yesterday between Aaron Donald and that uh, and the Cincinnati offensive lineman, I feel like that is like well, must hear. Uh, you know, in terms of this kind of stuff, they have it. You know, it's there. Somebody's got it. They probably can't release it because the words being spoken they feel are probably not meant for us to listen to. But I would love to hear that kind of stuff. That would be amazing to me. It's almost like. Years ago, they did this thing on Lawrence Taylor, right? And Lawrence Taylor was talking more crap than anybody, and he backed it up, and they used to listen to him, like, sack somebody, and he and he would start talking trash to them while he was doing it. It was like, it was amazing. And, I mean, I wish we had that ability to watch the games now with the best players out there being mic'd like that. Yeah, I feel like that's another reason why people love hard knocks. Even if it's midseason or preseason, they love to hear the players talk. They love to hear the smack talk. And if it, there's bad words in there, people get get fired up about that that's your favorite player right there that you might be watching and you might be uh cheering along with them 100 percent agree bottom of the hour if you want to weigh in on it we'd love to hear from you 880-5763 that is our telephone number as sports talk continues let's get right back to it right now keep things moving here he is adrian broadus and one last sports center update adrian thank you very much 
Again, uh, if you would like to weigh in over our final 25 minutes of the show, 8805763, our telephone number here on Valentine's Day. And for those of you that are still listening, we appreciate it. Others that are already starting their Valentine's celebration, we totally understand that as well. Um, I, I know I'm going to be heading to the house tonight for tamales uh, as a as our Valentine's uh, dinner. I'm excited about that. That'll be good. Sweet. What kind of tamales are you guys cooking up? Red. Ooh, I love red. Red is the, the way to go. If you had to go with another tamale uh, flavor or, I don't know, filling, I should say, what, what do you go with? I like the green chili uh, with uh, some chicken and cheese. That's good. Yeah, I like the green chili. If you can throw in a queso, like if, if they if they also make a little chili con queso uh, tamale, I'm always about that. What did you do last night for the for the uh, big one? What did you do food-wise? Uh, food-wise, we were at the – I was at the fiancé's family's nice. house. It was awesome. They had brisket, which was great. Uh, nachos. I almost forgot to eat, Steve. I'll be honest with you because I was so locked in on the game. Oh, my God. Uh, and then halftime rolled around. That's when I got my plate. Did your future father line up going to the game? No, he didn't. He was in the lottery. Apparently, this is the fu- this was the final story. Uh, all season ticket holders are put into a lottery to get Super Bowl tickets. He did not win, and he mm. said it was good because he would have purchased tickets, and he would not have sold them. Uh, I also found out that he will be attending the Super Bowl parade Wednesday, which he's really excited about. Ah, very nice. Very, very nice. All right, good. So you had fun, and that's all that matters. It was a lot of fun uh, to be, and you know the the fiance's whole families. They're all Rams fans, so to be in a in a house full of Ram fans was good. And uh, as soon as somebody would, you know, uh, as soon as the Bengals would do something good, everybody was uh, uh-huh. getting worried together. We had chips and queso to start with some uh, lemon hummus and some carrots and uh, red peppers to dip it in. Then the um, main uh, entree was uh, you'll enjoy this. Um, Karen made homemade pigs in a blanket featuring chicken sausage and croissant. So she wrapped the croissant around the chicken sausage. So you had this giant chicken sausage in a blanket. That's what we had. That sounds great. Then there were um, meatball Parmesan sliders and uh, finished it off with uh, some um, uh, barbecue uh, drumsticks. Wow! So you had it all there. It was good. Like all the really good. all the meat fixings. What about dessert? Did you guys do d- dessert for the Super Bowl? Dessert, uh, yes. Dessert consisted of um, some macaroons and chocolate chip cookies. Nice. Good we did. Selection. We did well. We nice. Did well. Perfect. No uh, and then a lot of beer, of course. No, I got so full I couldn't drink beer. Really? I, I yeah, it was weird. I was trying to drink a porter, and I couldn't finish the thing because I filled up so much on all the food. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of good protein there. It was good. It was very, very good. So, um, you know, we, just, we had fun. It was nice. All right. Um, well, I want to talk about the mailbag at 36 past, and we'll wrap it up with this on the show. Minor mailbag, UTEP basketball mustard group ahead of tough road stretch where you answered tweets from fans since there was no minor talk. So in lieu of minor talk, uh, we had people that were tweeting in, like Daniel Pineda, Felt more like a 15 to 20 point loss. I agree. If it wasn't for the technicals, it would have been a 15 to 20 point loss. Yeah, and this is on paper one of the worst uh, losses for UTEP all year. In fact, it's according to Ken Palm, the advanced analytics website we mention a lot on this show, it's the worst UTEP loss of the season. I mean, they've they've lost to Charlotte, who's about in the 205 areas for Ken Palm. Just uh, for perspective, UTEP came into this weekend ranked in the 160s per Ken Palm. Uh, New Mexico State is, uh, by the way, Ken Palm loves New Mexico State and they they are trending upward and uh, really rising in the rankings for that mm. but um, yesterday Marshall came in at around 230 220 in Ken Palm and they uh, yeah that's the that's the worst loss according to this schedule for the Miners this season well you lost to a team that's won once in the last 14 games 
Uh, what do you say to that? Yeah, and I understand they're close losses. I understand this is a good team. I understand they have veteran scores like Kins, uh, Kinsley. But I, at the same time, if you're UTEP trying to build a team and and have a consistent winning program, uh, these are tough losses when you get them under your belt. Although, you know, albeit it's it's year one. You know, they have to get over this year one kind of stretch in order to be consistent and win games they're expected to do. I do agree with Eric, the number four Nier, that He says, this is why I'm not jumping on the UTEP bandwagon. This team is way too inconsistent. Look, we thought that by winning six in a row, they had turned the corner, especially the close loss uh, to North Texas, but clearly, this was a big step back. And what's tougher about it is, is that Joe Golding buys 34 packs of tickets to get fans there to watch the game, and unfortunately, the outcome was not what anybody envisioned, and that's what's so difficult about this. But we've said it all year, that the inconsistencies have plagued this team. We thought they turned the corner, Adrian, but right now it's pretty obvious they haven't, they're not there just yet. Yeah, and, and somebody will say, well, uh, this Marshall team beat UAB, who's really good in Conference USA, but that's an anomaly. That that game shouldn't have happened. Maybe like last night should, or yesterday shouldn't have happened for the Miners. And uh, good thing that there were only 4,129 fans in attendance, Steve, because it, this game featured a lot of hype and it did not deliver. You put a tweet in from at sad UTEP fan 91, and he tweets in, this is why nobody shows up to games. When it matters for football and basketball, they choke. Marshall was 1-10 in conference, and they couldn't even be ready for this. So, And, and there are fans that, uh, the very you know, a lot of fans that have that mentality. Now, to be fair, if this game was on Saturday night, not Super Bowl Sunday, they more than likely would have had another 1,000 to 1,500 fans. I, there's no doubt Super Bowl Sunday at 1 o'clock cost them a crowd yesterday. Yeah, and who knows if it costs them some of the mental space of their own players. I mean, some of these guys may have been looking ahead to this tough road stretch this week. They may have taken this game for granted. I I don't really want to knock too much on these players, but right. I, I do want to say that, you know, when you have just your two guards and Sule Boom, who had 32, and Jamal Biennemi, who yesterday had 23, they're giving you 55 points combined, and you only score 79 points, and your third leading scorer is Jamari Sibley at 7, you're not getting any production from outside your Cards. So the question is this now. They've got three road games left, uh, three home games left, and then the season's over. And then they go into the, po- the, the, the postseason. Can they salvage a road trip that's going to be featuring La Tech, Southern Miss, and Middle Tennessee with one or two wins out of those three games before they come back for UAB, North Texas, and Rice? My mind immediately goes to win two out of the three, right? Like, if you're UTEP, you have to try to win at least two out of these three. But, Steve, Louisiana Tech, good team. Middle Tennessee, no slouch. That's a very good team, too. Yeah, they're they're eight and three in the East, and they're 17 and seven overall right now. They're tops in the East. Yeah, and you're talking if if you don't go two and one this weekend, that would mean, so that's saying they would go one and two Mm -hmm. over the stretch. That would mean UTEP has lost four of their last five games after winning. Six straight. That's a good point. Uh, so they just, they're trying, and that's why this game yesterday was such a big one for them. That's right. That, yesterday's game is the difference between 17, 18 wins on the season and maybe a 16 or 15 win season. That's a that's a tough uh, thing to kind of swallow for Utah. But yesterday had a lot of th- a lot to do with momentum for the season moving forward. On the flip side, 
this team has won games they're not supposed to win or they're not that nobody expected them to win and they've lost games that they weren't expected to lose now you wonder can UTEP flip the script beginning Thursday in Ruston with LaTeX and come away with um, you know two gave two wins considering nobody's probably thinking they're going to win any more than one at best right now yeah maybe the ace in their sleeve is getting Keontae Kennedy back on the floor and in games I, I know it's a lot to ask of Keontae to step in but at that uh, third guard spot they're really struggling to find any quality minutes between Jarrell Satterfield Christian Agnew not finding those minutes that they need right now and I'm, I'm talking scoring minutes give me a stretch where one of these guards scores 10 plus points that's what UTEP needs right now I'm I'm with you on that one. Tomorrow night, UTEP basketball with Kevin Baker and Joe Golding at 6, and then we'll come back uh, to give you minor talk after Thursday's game when the Miners take on Louisiana Tech from Ruston. All right, in the meantime, final countdown's next as we get ready to put a wrap on Sports Talk. But before we do, I want to tell you about April and Felix who had to sell their home on the west side so they could move right down I-10 to their newly built home in Las Cruces. And you know what? They needed somebody to make it happen. They went with Brian Bird's team, and within a week of signing, that home was listed. And right away, they got a lot of showings, sold for $365,000. And I'm going to tell you why. It's that coming soon homes program that Brian has where people are ready to buy when it goes right on the market. That's what happened. So, you know what? No stress, no problems. Brian even got a moving truck for them to use for free when they went to Las Cruces. That's why they said they were recommend the Brian Bird's team because they provide you with a lot of help during the process. Now, if you want to be like April and Felix, I don't blame you, then you know what? You got to achieve top dollar for your home. You need that agent who can create an auction-like effect with buyers competing for your home and driving up the price. That's Brian Bird's of the Brian Bird's Home Selling Team powered by EXP Realty. You got to call them, folks, because I trust them. You can, too. The phone number is 751-1500 online at brianbirds.com.